Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Real Estate Investing Morning Show, streaming live on Podbean every morning at 6 a.m. Mountain Time. This is Wayne Hillier with my co-host with the most, Gabrielle. <laughs> Good morning. It is January 17th. Monday. Monday, January 17th, 2022. It's looking like a negative two degrees today in Edmonton with a 70 to 90% chance of rain and snow. Watch the roads. Drive safe. Drive safe out there, everybody. Today, we are going to be talking about joint ventures. Okay, I was not ready for that, just like you How guys. do you structure a joint venture? <laughs> that was the question that came in for one of our listeners, Brooker, on Friday. We're going to be diving deep into that. little update for you. Uh, last Friday, last Friday, our guest, Barry McGuire, uh, went so deep that we had to... Invite him back to the show. He's going to be coming back this Friday on January 21st. So tune into that. I feel bad for these people joining late. <laughs> I just mean? missed the spectacle. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm feeling so much better. I got to apologize to everyone. Uh, for those of you that are in the Edmonton area, that we're going to come to our open house meetup on Sunday. Unfortunately, um, just these, these, this, this, uh, the COVID-19 virus, every, and, and then the non-COVID-19 virus, everybody's just getting so sick many right now. Going uh, around, uh, yeah. Dropping like flies. Yeah. Um, you know, Gabby was under the weather last week, uh, negative on the COVID. Then I got a little under the weather towards the end of the week, um, and the weekend, which, <clears throat> You can still catch a little bit of lingering in, in the back of my throat. Um, but we didn't want to be the type of people that were like, hey, it's okay, we're negative. It's okay, we're negative. No. Yeah, you're sick, uh, you're isolated. But, you know, I'm still got a mask on, coughing and sneezing behind it. So <laughs> it's uh, we just decided to reschedule, that, reschedule yeah, postpone. that. Postpone, is that the word? Postpone. <laughs> all right. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, so that's going to so be So hopefully post- you all got that. Got the email and we saw our stories. Nobody showed up, I hope. <laughs> uh, it sounds like, well, no one contacted me. Good. <laughs> um, we, we got it out to all the attendees uh, through the Eventbrite link. And then I was a little worried because I knew that there was one person that I invited and I was going to give them the link, but then something, something. And I said, don't worry about it. Here's the address. And then I couldn't remember who it was. And I'm like, there's that guaranteed that one person is going to show up and I'm going to feel like a, a big dink. But uh, <laughs> it, it, that they didn't. I heard that uh, Jeremy showed up to the to the to the realtors open house on Saturday. Yep. Um, yeah, he posted some stories. Yeah. Him and his daughter. But I uh, have no fear that it will be uh, rescheduled for January 13th. 30th. 
What did I say? 13th. <laughs> We're going to take you on a ride to the past. <laughs> wow. Uh, got lots of live listeners in here. Yes, as I mentioned, we are broadcasting live on Podbean every morning at 6 a.m. Mountain Standard. Or is it Mountain Time? What are we on right now? <laughs> I don't know. MT. <laughs> mountain Time. Uh, <laughs> those of you that are tuning in for the first time, <laughs> uh, that was a little theatrical. And yes, Al, I've been waiting to do that a long time. <laughs> and uh, he knew that if he got my permission, it wouldn't have happened. So he just did it. And he just, yeah. Yeah. Ryan, what's going on? Good morning. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, cut, the, the music cut. <laughs> again, if you're, if you're tuning in for the, for the long, uh, sorry. <clears throat> wow. For the first time. For the first time. Uh, wow. I just completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> Man, I don't know if I can make it through this. Uh, I'm going to have to really you started, be careful. You started too, on too much of a high. I'll sit, we're losing Wayne. He's fading. <laughs> my head's been an absolute cloud for the last uh, couple of days. I was just trying to really um, uh, start, yeah, go into it uh, with, a, with a little bit of momentum, see if I can stick through it. Um, if you're tuning in uh, for the first time, yes, we are doing it live. So if... If you're wondering what, who these people are that we're talking to, if anyone's calling in, and we're what we're doing is we're reading the messages on the platform here. So um, if you're listening to the recording, you can listen in live every day. Um, okay, back to what I was talking about, real estate joint ventures, or do you want to talk about upcoming events? Sure. Okay. What, so, what, what do we got? <clears throat> trying not to clear my throat in, in, in the mic. Uh, <laughs> this weekend, we got a real estate investing cabinet retreat. That's a three-day real estate investing cabinet retreat in Alberta Beach. Um, five ambitious, energetic uh, investors. Uh, we meet up in a cabin and we spend the whole weekend there for three days, all accommodations, food, drinks, everything included. And it is a weekend dedicated to developing a roadmap for real estate investing. Yeah. Um, so figuring out what, figuring out what you want out of life and um, then assigning a real estate investing vehicle to it. Yeah. <laughs> What's going to get you there fastest. Yeah. And uh, we have some amazing guests as well. We have Barry and Donna McGuire joining us mm -hmm. uh, doing a presentation on creative real estate investing. Uh, we also have Calvin the and Melissa Calvin, from Calvin Realty team uh, joining us as well. Yeah. Um, so presentation on, um, types of property and stuff to invest in. Actually, I don't know what topic they're going to be speaking on. Do you? I believe we're going to be talking about flips, mostly flips and like how to find deals. Nice. Um, yeah. Beautiful. I know that the attendees that are coming for this particular um, That'll retreat, be good for them. Our wholesalers, flippers, burr type investors. Awesome. So I wanted to make sure that they're getting the most value. So um, that's what we're going to be. That's that's what the, the content's going to be uh, yeah. targeted towards. Uh, so we're very, looking forward to that. And then our next one, if you guys are interested in, um, so that one's full, but if you guys are interested in the next one, the next one is February 25th through 27th. Mm -hmm. um, and you can register at the link in the show notes there. Yep. Or um, on any, either Wayne or my uh, social media, just follow the link in our profile. Yeah. So go to Instagram and just uh, go to our link tree there and, and yeah. the links are there as well. Uh, what else, Gab? I think that's uh, it. Yeah. That's it for upcoming events, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Got some stuff planned for February. We just haven't really quite yep, figured. We out. need to nail nail down dates and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we'll let you know soon for February what we have going on. Mm -hmm. uh, back on the topic of uh, real estate joint venture structures uh, today, you know, bring in your questions. Uh, you know, we didn't prepare a whole presentation. I don't have slideshows. I don't have videos or audio or special guests. Um, you know, we can talk about joint ventures uh, structures and how it works, but. 
what I want you guys to do is to get your questions answered. You know, if you're if you're interested or you've been thinking about joint ventures and but you have no idea how it works and you have no idea, you know, you kind of got an idea what the definition is. Um, but you're like, well, how do I put it together? What does this even mean? Um, this is this is the day to get your questions asked and you can ask your questions in the comments in the text. <clears throat> Or you can click that call in button, as I mentioned earlier, and you can call in and we can have a discussion about it. Uh, we've got a full hour, so lots of time. Yeah. Um, now, the definition of what is a joint venture as per Google, because <laughs> I was thinking about it earlier. I'm like, how would I define a joint venture? Like, what what, what the heck is it? Um, it's It's... When you jointly venture into a real estate yeah, opportunity. It, well, partnership <laughs> isn't technically the right term. Um, from a legal From a legal perspective. Standpoint. A joint venture is a business term that refers to a deal struck between two or more parties to pool resources and accomplish a goal. Um, Bingo. Yeah. Yep. Bang yep. on. So it can be used in <clears throat> business can be used in real estate, which real estate is a business, if you ask me. Um, but if you're getting into real estate investing, um, more often than not, you you don't have all of the resources or expertise required in order to complete that investment. And there's different parts of you know the resources required. As I mentioned just a second ago, expertise, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> what holds most people back from, you know, investing in real estate is, is the understanding of it, the certainty of it. You know, they might have the money, they might have the, the ability to finance it. They just don't have, you know, the know-how and that's what scares people. Yeah. Um, second most common thing that people, uh, holds people back from investing in real estate is, is the investment money. portion, yeah. which is the money. Money, money, money. Cash. Um, and thirdly is, is, is financing, which, you know, I've said a million times, you, you can find financing, financing. Yeah. Is, it holds a lot of people. So abundant. Yeah. It holds a lot of people back, um, especially early on, but what you get to know as you get more experienced is that, yeah, there's so many different ways of financing. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was literally watching a video on that, like before bed last night. Um, I think it was some sponsorship ad from Scott McGilvery. And I, I was, I, I've always, I've always wondered, I've never, I've never been to Keyspire. I mean, I watched a little HGTV when I was younger, but, um, I've never really understood, like, I've never seen him on stage. And I thought like, okay, what kind of, what kind of value does this guy actually bring? I don't know him. Like, is he just giving out the basics or is and and so I, I I happened to watch one of his sponsored videos on Facebook, and he he, he was literally saying that um, in the advertisement for his upcoming masterclass or something something. Um, that's you know most people think that financing is just so hard to get, but there's so many different options for financing. Don't listen to everyone that says uh, that you can get five or six mortgages, then you need joint venture partners. That's that's five or six commercial mortgage. Sorry, um, conventional mortgages. You know, with your TD Canada Trust, RBC, CIA, Scotia. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, there's lots of other credit unions and commercial lenders and and, and B lenders. You know, um, that just there's so much options. But people, if you want the good mortgages, like the you know the low interest, 
um, good terms, long amortizations with the conventional lenders. <clears throat> yeah, those are the, the 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 six to eight that people are talking about. Um, as Brandy mentioned here in the, in the, in the comments, yes, there's so much money out there. Go get it. And then, and lastly, of course, you know, if, if, if you're having for whatever reason, whether it's stubbornness or, or extreme circumstances, there's always the option for joint ventures Mm -hmm. Uh, and joint ventures is, um, see, that would be one of those circumstances that you have the money or you have the expertise, but you know, you don't, you're unable to qualify for a mortgage. Yeah or you're unable to finance the down payment. That's when you, most investors bring in, real estate investors bring in a joint venture partner. Yeah, usually lack of money. Um, it's, it's, it's becoming very clear to me that if I keep talking for the next hour, I'm gonna be clearing my throat in, into the microphone <laughs> the whole time. <clears throat> I thought I was doing good. I woke up this morning, I'm like, yeah, I'm doing good. Listen to me, <laughs> feeling great. Um, Okay. I, I sorry, yeah, and I coughed all of last week, so all of the recordings were just me hacking away. So, but hey, we're here, we're showing up, we're here for you. I don't take a day <laughs> off, yeah. Whether we're sick or whether we're in Mexico, um, okay. So, how do you? The question was, how do you structure it? How do you structure a joint venture? Which is a very well. First broad of all, there's question. a legal document. Yes. So structure it with the legal document, yeah, ideally. Don't, don't do handshakes. Don't do napkins. Um, have a professional legal joint venture document drawn up. Which is called a joint venture agreement. Yeah. Um, they can vary in size from a one pager, if you want, like on a napkin, or up to 20 to 30 pages. Good morning, Courtney. Um, 20 to 30 pages. And, and basically what it goes through is it, it goes through all of the... Um, the requirements, the obligations, and... and who, who is bringing what and who is getting what it's and what happens when and what happens when so this document is is you know a handshake is totally fine completely fine (coughs) a napkin is totally fine until something happens yeah that's what the joint venture agreement is for so if something happens it's documented legally or if there's ever dispute and it goes to court there is an agreement that has been signed and there has been independent legal advice, um, you know, from legal counsel to ensure that everybody knew what they were doing and they had the right, um, they had the right independent legal advice to, to, to guide them. Yeah. So first things first, what's going to happen, what's going to be in that, you know, we should almost pull up a joint venture agreement. I never <laughs> even thought about that. But, oh, uh, for- that'd be so dull. <laughs> oh, this is what the people love. Um, well, I'm going to keep talking until I see some questions. Um, and, and we can talk about different ways to structure it as well, obviously, because <laughs> it's not just normally the the real estate expert and, you know, the money partner slash financing partner. Um, lots of different ways to look at it. Yeah. Uh, that's why I said it's a very broad question. But right now, I'm just going to talk about the joint venture agreement. Uh, first thing that's going to be mentioned is who is bringing what, right? So real estate expert traditionally will bring the expertise, uh, will bring the deal, will bring the power team, will bring everything that's required in order to get the deal done except for the money and the and the financing. <clears throat> this is your traditional 50-50 joint venture. Um, and then the money partner will bring the money required for the down payment and then the financing. Uh, next is going to go over who's going to get what. So 
um, cash flow payments, um, who gets what when the property is sold. So it'll say um, when the property is sold, the proceeds, first things first, the joint venture money partner will receive their investment back. So they'll receive their down payment money slash any any other money that they contributed to the to the to the to the property, say like a reserve fund or repair money. They get all that money back first, and then the remaining proceeds or profit is split um, to whichever percentage um, you've agreed on. As we mentioned, 50-50 is standard. Yeah. Um, so the remaining profits we split 50-50. That's such a common question that people get tied up on is and that I didn't understand at first. I'm like, why would somebody do this? I thought that once they put the money in, that then everything was split 50-50. Mm-hmm. But they get paid, whatever they put in, they get paid that back first. So they get their down payment money back. They get the whatever money they put in the reserve fund back. Whatever financial contributions went in, whoever put them in gets that back. The rest of it is split 50-50. Seems kind of silly, you know, to think back and be like, why did I think that way? But yeah it's it's yeah we have to understand that you know you don't know what it's you don't a new, know yeah it's just a new concept that you need to wrap your head around yeah yeah and i think a lot of people always early on they try and compare um real estate investing to you know business or stock investing right mm-hmm. and you just it's they're not the same thing <clears throat> um brooker says every time i go type a question you answer it i should talk slower then <laughs> Um, I always, she, okay. So the question is, I always thought once I talked to them about it, why, sorry, once I talk about it to them, why wouldn't they just go flip a house themselves? Okay. So you're, you're talking about a joint venture for a flip. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a very, do they know how to flip a house? Do they know how? Do they have the trades and the skills and the everything else to go do that? Would yeah. they take action like that? Are they action taker? Ooh, it's a tough one, Gab, because that that is that is the answer, right? That is the answer. Yeah. If um, if they're somebody who's capable of flipping a house that has the time, the resources, the know how, then yeah, maybe they're not your best joint venture person to approach. That is it. You or, want somebody who just has cash for you, right? Or you need to do a better job at um, advertising yourself. Selling yourself. Selling yourself as an expert um, because no one ever says anything like that to me, right? I Okay, this is this is terrible, but but I didn't when, – when, when Brooker added me to social media um, and, and joined the show, I never looked and I can't see the avatar. I don't know if Brooker is a female or a male. I don't know. I, I, it's not a very common name and I almost said, like, I don't know. So you got to tell me. You got to tell me, okay? Because this, this is getting very difficult. Male, okay. See, I don't know. It could be a male or a female name. Have you ever heard the name Brooker before? Yes. Have you? Okay, never. It was a man. I think it's <laughs> I think it's a great name, sir. <laughs> I didn't this is killing me. I had to ask. <laughs> okay. Got it. Um yeah, it's 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 a confidence thing. It it takes a while. Um, it was one of the first things that I struggled with as well. Um but you know it's, it's something we talked about a lot last week and the previous week about you know having confidence in yourself and how to properly um, position yourself as an expert. There's a reason why at the end of every single time we talk about something like this, I'm always saying social media, <laughs> and nobody likes hearing it. 
and social media is on my list of things to really talk about um, more in depth in the next week or two. Yeah. Um, because it is the best way to advertise yourself right now. Yeah. Um, maybe 25 years ago, I would have told you to do a local broadcast on your, you know, your, your local channel five, you know, uh, news station or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or your public, um, television, uh, channel or something or other, but I'm sorry right now where all the advertising is for free is on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah, you guys, it's, it's 2022. <clears throat> like, LinkedIn. you need to be wherever <laughs> we are in the times. <laughs> and even just like people, you know, well, I'm not on social media, it's just word of mouth and blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, okay. Sure. But you're, but you're, <laughs> you're, you're limiting yourself, yourself so massively. That and is not even funny. That doesn't mean that you need to start doing TikTok and reels and, and doing um, dances and, and bopping your head to, queen or whatever the hell the other kids are doing you don't yeah you get the reference yeah, yeah. okay anybody else get the reference okay i'm hip <laughs> i know what I, I so it, it you gotta you gotta make it your own right and and the, the the best way to get started is to get started um and your first content is always gonna suck my first content sucked uh i'm gonna take a quick little commercial break here and then we'll get right back into it um, and uh, we'll see you in a second. Hi folks, Barry McGuire here. I'm inviting you to join our free Facebook group, Barry McGuire's Creative Real Estate Education. We go live every Monday discussing all sorts of creative real estate strategies. You know, nothing can match the power of learning from Canada's top creative real estate experts. We provide you with the education and tools you need to close your first damn deal. It's the most important one. Join our free group, Barry McGuire's Creative Real Estate Education, and we'll see you Monday. Okay, welcome back, guys. Um, before I get to the, to the questions that I saw there, um, I figured I should just finish up with the joint venture agreement real fast, and then we can go deeper into joint venture agreement in the future with shotgun clauses and all that other stuff. But yeah. Stuff. Um, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty deep all discussion. All this sleep, sleep-worthy stuff. You know what? I, wow. <laughs> um. Wow, way to sell it. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Maybe that's a discussion actually in the future for for Barry to come back on because Barry yeah. helped us. Barry McGuire helped us build our uh, our joint venture agreement. <clears throat> Same agreement we use every time now. Yeah. Um, but uh, after the contributions and who gets what, <clears throat> uh, next is uh, what happens if. Um, what happens if you die? What happens if they die? What happens if you're no longer to able to fulfill your role as the expert? What happens if a divorce, a divorce? Yeah. Uh, what happens, um, if someone wants out, what happens if it's like the worst, every possible worst case scenario, what happens? And I tell you, when when you're thinking about buying a property or you've got a deal and you're trying to like, hey, you know, you should get in on this real estate investment. And they're like, heck yeah. And you're like, just wait one second. You and I need to have a one hour meeting. We're going to go over all of these horrible worst case scenarios and we're going to have a discussion about what happens <laughs> if these things happen. Okay, so first things first, what happens if I am not able to do what I say that I'm going to do? What happens? It's never a great conversation, but. When you're explaining it, you explain to them that, you know what, we're having this discussion now so that we don't have to have it later, right? 
and this stuff is never going to happen. And this very expensive joint venture agreement that I bought and paid for and, and that we're going to have, you know, reviewed is, is we're going to read it today and then we're never going to read it again because everything's going to go well. But in the event that something does happen, I want to make sure that we're not having the discussion later, you know, when something terrible happens, we're having this discussion now to ensure that everybody's on the same page. Mm-hmm. So if, for example, I died, I want you to know that my wife, Gabby, is going to be able to take care of everything, right? And I want you to know that, have that level of certainty. And in the event that you die, I want to know that your heirs or inheritance are going to, I want you to know that they're going to be able to continue on and receive all the cash flow until the end of the deal. <clears throat> At the same time, I want to know that they're not going to just, you know, randomly after one year into this 10 year deal, they're not going to be like, we have to sell. And then just, you know, basic knowledge of real estate investments. If we sell in one year, then we're actually going to lose money from all the fees and closing costs and, and <clears throat> early termination penalties and stuff. So I need to, I need to know and have that level of certainty and assurance that, you know, I'm not going to lose money on this because I'm putting up a lot of the work in the beginning and I don't get paid until the end. So I don't want to do a, you know, all this work in the beginning and then a year's worth of work to find out that I'm actually going to have to pay money. Right. So that's why we're having these discussions now. <laughs> so that's, that's basically a joint venture agreement. You take that joint venture agreement, you have it reviewed by, you know, everybody gets their own uh, legal independent advice. They take it to your lawyer, they take it to their lawyer. And then lastly, um, you know, you can register that on title. So if the money partner is the one obtaining financing through mortgage financing, um, typically they're going to be the only one on, on title and only one on mortgage. So you want to f- protect your interest <coughs> to ensure that they don't refinance the property and pull money out, that they don't sell the property from underneath you when you're not looking. Yeah. Um, so by registering your joint venture agreement um, or, or a, a caveat on title, it prevents them from doing anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's just an extra layer of protection for you. So before they mm-hmm. sell the property, you have to get notified yeah. um, and remove your caveat in order for that to happen. And that's super simple um, for anybody who's never done that before. Um, and you can register your interest on title for many different reasons, but joint venture being one of them, mm-hmm. you it's just a, bring your... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you just, there's like a one pager that just, or it might be two pages. I can't remember. It's been a while. But you just fill out what your interest is. Um, you're signing off that you um, swear truth on it, <laughs> that you do actually have an agreement. And um, just like put the details of the property and stuff. You walk down to the titles office um, in Edmonton. It's it's downtown. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you just, you go in, you give them the forms. They do a little, do you swear? Do you declare? Whatever it is. Yeah. And you do and sign the papers and then it's registered on there. And then once it gets um, actually registered on title, they send you an updated, you and the title holder updated copies of the title. Yeah. I, I I struggle with just like half-ass answers. I always feel like I want to add in extra stuff that I would have liked to have known early on. And uh, one thing that I didn't know that a lot of people don't know is that when you go down to land titles office or you have your, your lawyer um, applied to have the caveats registered at the land titles office, you have two options. Um, so when you show them, they're going to ask for proof that you have uh, an interest in the property. And so you're going to show them a joint venture agreement, which could have your name and their name and the, and the address of the property. Okay. And they're going to ask you, do you want this document registered with 
the caveat. And that is your choice whether you do or you don't. It is not required. And me personally, I would not want my legal document with all of my information on there registered on that land title because then it's public, public. information and anyone can pull it. Okay. So you want to make, if you want to keep that separate, you just be like, nope, that's okay. You've seen it. You have what you, re- you know, what you require in order to do this. I'd, otherwise, I'd like to keep my documents off of public record. So that is, and uh, they ask you that, and that is your option. Me personally, I'd like to keep it off. Okay, <clears throat> um, that's uh, that is that is the joint venture agreement. That's how you structure it from a legal perspective. Um, <laughs> it's, it's such a broad question. Like, how many, what 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 road do I want to take it? Um, you know. Well, what, what about the the um, percentages? The percentages? Yeah. Because we keep talking about how it's usually fifty fifty, but well, what makes it fifty fifty? The value and how of, could that change? Yeah, the value of the expert is typically fifty percent. Yeah. And people ask, okay, well, if the remaining fifty percent for a money partner is money and financing, what's what are the percentages for money and what's the percentages for financing? I'm like, well, it's up to you. Well, <laughs> I mean, like, once you get into that, is a huge debate. Like, well, how much is money worth? Well. Money is worth thirty percent then, and financing is worth twenty, and and then so, it just it's when you say it that way, it's like money is only worth thirty percent. So they're bringing a one hundred thousand dollars to this purchase. You're, and only thirty percent of the proceeds, or uh, like percentages, is is for the money. That's mm, a tough one. Uh, and so in the same time, like, I think there was a question earlier, do you ever just get a joint venture partner just for financing? Well, so that's the, you know, that's, that's, that's the real question is like, okay, well, I, I have the money, <clears throat> I have the expertise, but I just need you to carry a mortgage. How much is it worth? Mm-hmm. 20%? You know, the other person, I, I, I think 20% is, is realistic uh, and reasonable. Um, you know, someone who's never been in real estate investing, that's their... <laughs> it doesn't matter how you explain it. If you say like, oh, you're just carrying the mortgage and I take all the risk. And we have a joint venture agreement that says that you have no risk in this and yada, yada, yada. In the back of their minds, well, it's still, it's in my name. And if you miss the payments, it's my credit that's affected. And they're coming after me, not you. Well, then you're like, well, there is a joint venture agreement that's registered on title and you come after me. Yeah, but after they come after me, I got to go after you. So for 10%, they're never going to do it. No aunt, uncle, cousin, or, or coworker is ever going to do something like that, unless it's minimum twenty percent, which default makes the finance, the money portion thirty percent. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the while they're arguing, why do you get fifty again? Why is is yours worth so much? Your your percentage worth so much more than the money? And, yeah. and it's all those things that we mentioned earlier when we we're talking about the. Uh, I think it was um, uh, someone asked earlier on. Um, you know, would you, do you know how, could you, Yeah. you know, all that, all this, like we've, the amount of money that most real estate investors have invested in themselves. Yeah. Well, you, you know, <laughs> the 50% is, is getting you, um, assurance that this deal is going Someone to work. Experienced, Someone yeah, with experience is doing it. Yeah. And also mm-hmm. like, even if you have a, let's say it's, um, like a long-term buy and hold. And even if you have property management on it. It is still an a big ongoing like 
let's take, for example, we talk about this one often, um, our, our property with um, four units in it that we've mm-hmm. had, like uh, the builder next door crash our fence. We Twice. had to um, regrade it after um, the builder died and didn't do proper grading. We had to um, a leak in the basement, a leak in the basement. We had like all of these things that do you think that a proper if we had a property <clears throat> manager on it, that we wouldn't have had to do anything on all of that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like even even if you have property management, like it is a job like sure, it's not going to work 40 hours a week and, you know, like f- and having your full time attention on it, but it takes it takes work like the property doesn't just sit there and find tenants by itself and you know like and evict tenants and go to the rtdrs and um do uh regular maintenance and they don't hire, tell you when to sell hire gutter cleaners and like all that kind of stuff like <clears throat> property managers don't tell you managers don't tell you when the property has appreciated and that's a great time to sell they don't tell you like when anything it's a good time to repair it yeah what to repair yeah and what's going to increase so the value it's a job so it's not you're you're not just like oh i got my power team and my awesome realtor is going to find us an incredible deal <clears> and my <throat> top-notch um lawyer is going to make sure everything closes beautifully and my whatever mortgage broker is going to get us the best terms mm-hmm. and then you're like okay peace out like that's not how it works yeah so you need to have the confidence in knowing that like that that it, it's more than that and do they have the know-how to do all of that yeah yeah i mean like you know as an example like right now if rents were to go up 400 or rents were to go down 400 dollars and interest rates were to go up her payments went up by 200 dollars. We're ne- now we're <clears throat> let's say we're negative 200 dollars a month in cash flow which happens it happens a lot not a lot but it happens <laughs> Um, (laughs) you know what it can happen. So what, you know, what would you do if you were an unsophisticated real estate investor or just someone who just bought a property, what would you do? I know what I would do. What's that? (laughs) Freak out and sell. Freak out and sell because you know, you got four properties and they're all negative, let's say $250 a month. So now you're forking out a thousand dollars out of your pocket every month out of your own pocket. And you're like, I don't know, and the property values have gone down and because of this and everybody's selling and I don't know what the heck to do. And uh, most people sell, right? For me, I would probably figure out some sort of an alternative strategy, like, you know, maybe perhaps doing a rent to own where I can increase the cash flow and ride it out and try and find a way to, to maybe re- refinance the property and lower the payments, right? Until mm-hmm. a suitable time to sell if, if, if that, or just ride it out. But me, I've got 10 backup options on how to ride it out. At the same time, I also was smart enough to make sure that I had a $10,000 reserve. So perhaps we're negative $200 a month, but I'm just pulling that negative $200 out of the reserve fund for a period of time for two years until, you know, rents go back up again, or we're able to obtain, you know, different financing. Right. Yeah. So the, the sophisticated real estate investor just, they, they know what to do when when things aren't good when shit goes wrong <laughs> when shit goes wrong right um you know you're you're unsophisticated real estate investor the person who just thinks oh i could just do it myself why wouldn't i just buy the property myself and then get 100 percent of the proceeds they just don't know how to treat it like a business right yeah and everybody looks like a fucking genius until times get hard yeah right um <clears throat> But I guess where why I wanted to talk about the different percentages and how that can be structured is because really you can do 
like a joint venture isn't something specific. It's whatever you make it. There's no law. There's no law. There's no proper way. There's there's a standard way that like most people do it because it makes sense. Yeah. But you can literally do anything. You can have one person just bring financing. You can have a person just bring money. You can you can be the expert and the person who who um gets the financing. You can get financing together. Um, there's so many different ways that it can happen and there's no, like, it's just whatever. And sometimes early on, if you're a new investor, maybe you'll only take 40% and you'll give them 60% yep. just to, to appease them and to make it happen for experience. Right. There's nothing wrong with 40%, you guys. Like um, if, if you're walking away from somebody who said that they'll do it, they'll bring the money, they'll get the financing, but they want 60 and and you're going to walk away from it because well i know i can get 50 but you're a new investor who doesn't have any properties mm -hmm. fucking take it <laughs> absolutely get your feet wet you know to add on to that sometimes um early on if you have a hesitant or a, a, a um a skeptical uh money partner sometimes they'll want to see that you have some money in it um they want to see that you bring a portion of the down payment money or, or that you put up the reserve fund or that you put up the reserve fund. How many times have we put up a uh, reserve, reserve fund or a portion yeah. of the reserve fund just yeah. so that people feel more confident about it? We want to know that you have some skin in the game. Yeah. Um, I've got one-liners for you know for those arguments all day, and I've, I've gotten a lot better now, and I have the confidence. But early on, yeah, yeah, we have we have in you know money that we put in um, in order to get it. Like Gabby said, in order to get a deal done, like if if you got them right there, yeah. and it, that's their one thing, that's their. That's their big domino that you just need to knock over and all the other dominoes are going to fall over. Just just go for it. You know what I mean? Um, get your feet wet because you'll be able to leverage that experience in that deal um, to get so many more deals. Yeah. Um, whether that be with, with, with that individual. I was going to say that person is likely <clears throat> to work with you several more times. Or other individuals. Yeah. Right? If you document it on social, social media. media. <laughs> <laughs> um. Mike asked a question earlier and we kind of touched on it, but do you ever get a joint venture partner just for financing or? Yeah. So we literally just talked about that. Yeah, you can. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you have the money, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, you just need to talk to the right people about where to get the financing because, um, if you get a joint venture for, uh, partner just for financing, then, you, then you're utilizing the fact that they don't have many uh, conventional mortgages, and they're able they're going to be able to get those low 1.9 percent 30 year amortization, you know, really sweet mortgages. And you, if you're capped out, you're probably going to another lender that's like 20 uh, 25 year amortizations with 25 percent down and interest rates at 3.4. So you know. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't get a mortgage. So do you want a hundred percent of the, the second example the I gave you, <laughs> or do you want 50% of the first example? And you just got to do the math and figure out what's, what's best Yeah. For, for me personally. Um, you know, let's look at opportunities that you're creating. Maybe there's someone on the fence, they have some money, but they're like, well, I don't know quite yet. I don't want to put my money into it. And then you say, well, okay, how about we just do this? How about you just carry the financing? I'll give you 20, 25%. And then, you know, you can see how the whole process works. You don't have to put any money in. The joint venture agreement protects you in the event that there was ever anything where I didn't make the payments or whatever else. And let's just try this out for a couple of years. And if you like it, then what you can do is you can invest your money and get 50% of the deal. Mm -hmm. right. So you kind of open the door a little bit for them, let them get their foot in and, um, you know, 
and, and see if they like it. And, you know, what? once they see the process and once they see how sophisticated you are and how you got your ducks in a row and how amazing you are, then they'll invest their money with you. So lots of different ways to structure it. It's all negotiable. Every deal is negotiable. And yeah. that's that's the answer to the question for Brooker. How do you structure it? Everything's negotiable. Yeah. But you also, you, you skimmed over really quickly, like doing the math. Like, yes, if there's opportunity there, um, definitely factor in what the opportunity is. I thought you didn't like math, so I didn't touch it. I don't like math, but like it can make a a, a question that seems complicated really simple what? if you run the math. because. <laughs> Because Whoa, what is that's a breakthrough moment right there. Because what is thir- <laughs> let's say you gave them thirty percent of the deal or twenty percent or whatever. Mm-hmm. What is that actually worth? So if they're bringing you a whatever one point five percent interest rate, put that into a mortgage calculator, run the math on let's say like do it for ten years, do like a one point five for the first five years, and then whatever bump it up to two point two or something like mm-hmm. that, and run it for ten years and see what the math is, where you'll be on pay down and um and all that kind of stuff. Don't don't factor in like appreciation or anything, and then run that on a higher mortgage from a B lender or a higher interest rate from a B lender, and do that for the ten years, and then see where you would have been on pay down. Now on the first scenario give away 20 or 30% of, of what you made, what you paid down. Yeah. And then look at what you paid extra in interest on the first one. Where, yeah. Like, what does the math say? Because it might, I don't know, because I, I'm not a math genius, so I have no clue. I was really hoping you weren't looking at me because like, I'm, I'm still <laughs> Wait, what's a little the under, yeah, I'm still <laughs> under the weather. If you give me five minutes, I can yeah. tell you the answer. But it but. might be like, that might be a holy fucking shit moment. And that, and your answer might just be like glaringly obvious on mm-hmm. what to do, but wow. I'll, but but that doesn't take into consideration opportunity. And also, maybe it's your mom that's qualifying for that mortgage, and she really needs help with a retirement plan. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's going to be a win-win because she's going to whatever get a chunk of money at the end. You're helping her. Mm-hmm. Um, she got you a really nice, sweet mortgage, and everything's hunky dory, bobo. That's great. Use your mom. Be a good person. D bad. Don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. My default answer for, for that, and I don't normally do the math on something like that. I, I, see, it's not always about the math for me, though I know you think that. A lot of times I'm looking at opportunities and yes. value and opportunity. 100%. Um, there is way more Almost value. always. <laughs> yeah, there's way more value in opportunity than there is in the actual math yeah. and the profits. Um, so the opportunity to do a deal with someone, um, and, and to show success, to show that it works, will ha- I'll be able to leverage that so much more than the extra $5,000 I'm going to make over five years. Oh yeah. <clears throat> right. Yeah. We're talking. Once you do the math, you have yeah. like, cause I'm, I'm, I have general math in my head and I, I know it generally without knowing the actual figures. I know that I would much rather have, um, I would much rather wow someone and prove to them that it works because that is very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times you get, you do, you only get three minutes in some elevator conversation or you only get three, you know, five minutes to do a PowerPoint slash slideshow, you know, with someone to show them why. And then they give you 10 million reasons why it won't work or why they don't feel comfortable about it. So if I've got an opportunity to prove it to someone yeah, and that person can show other people that they know, whether that be, you know, your other friends or your other family members at the next, you know, uh, Thanksgiving dinner, 
I would much rather do that. But. but Wayne, if you're a new investor and you this is like one of your first deals and you don't have any joint potential joint venture partners, if you ran the math and the math made sense or whatever, would you would you just take the higher percentage and and get the deal done? Or would you go start looking for joint venture partners to try to prove something? Depends on the person. I think that I would I'd I'd take the take the mortgage and do the deal myself. Mm. <laughs> Depends on the person. Yeah, I guess so. I, I think Is people it? are way more resor- I think people are, are a way better resource than, than money. Absolutely. That's that's my opinion. I think that the right people are way more resource uh, resourceful. Or yeah. <laughs> um there's a question here earlier. <clears throat> Have you ever had uh, one go bad and not make money? Um, ever had a joint venture gone bad or a deal gone bad? I mean, it's the same thing, but have you ever had a joint venture go bad and not make money? We've had joint ventures go bad. Not bad, but not as planned. We talked about it. Have we ever lost money? Negative. Because we're creative motherfuckers. No. <laughs> I, my, I, I've, and I don't know if I should say this without context, but uh, but I've said this on many occasions in, in years past. You got to be an absolute moron to lose money in real estate. No offense if you've lost money in real estate, but <clears throat> you need to be stubborn and ignorant. Um, there are, and when I say ignorant, I mean it by definition by ignoring facts. Mm-hmm. If you are investing in uh, pre-built condos. Great, great way to make money. Risky. If you are investing in markets that are rising like crazy and appreciating, and your houses are doubling and tripling, but there's no cash flow, risky, right? So if you're if you're ignoring the facts and you're just chasing the money, then yeah, there's there's a likelihood that you could lose money. But if you know that there are markets that are safe um, to invest in that have good cash flow, and you put a good reserve in place, and you know your 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 tenant profile and you treat it like a business the mortgage paydown will always not almost always outweigh the risk of the va- of the value of the property going down right if if you're paying down $50,000 in mortgage in 5 years and in 5 years the value of your property goes down $50,000 where are you at even zero if the value of the property drops $100,000 over five years, your $300,000 house is now worth $200,000 and you've paid down $50,000 in the mortgage, where are you at? You are negative $50,000, right? How do you lose money? You lose money by selling. And that's a pretty fucking worst case scenario if you ask me. That's 33% of the value of the property going down. I don't think I've ever seen that. Like it dropped that much. And, and then again, the next question is, where are you investing? Yeah. Are you investing in some mining town? Are you investing in some boom or bust oil town? Yeah, the value could go down. But even if you were ignoring everything and the value of your property goes down that much by $100,000 and you've paid down $50,000 in mortgage, so you are now negative $50,000 on your investment. How do you lose money? You lose money so- when you sell. So you don't sell. You continue to rent it out for another five years and then you'll pay down another $50,000 on your mortgage or more 
and now you break even. So after 10 years, you're even, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you, like I said, you have to be a moron. You have to be ignoring the facts in order to lose money. You know, over 10 years, will that value of that property go back up again? I think so. If you're, if you bought in a good market, if you did your research, right? So no, we'd never lost any money unless of course you're talking about a very, very complicated deal because there's one deal where we broke even, but it was a very complicated agreement for sale with a rent own and the rent own uh, tenant buyer left, which was fine. And then the agreement for sales seller, this is the agreement for sale deal that went bad. If you scroll back, you know, about a month or two, we talked about how an agreement for sale deal went bad. And you can listen to that one. <laughs> um, the only reason I broke even or a lot, uh, we haven't lost money. I mean, per se, what I, I didn't, we didn't lose money. The only reason I'm out money is because my joint venture partner was on that. He, he provided the funds for the reserve funds and any closing cost money. And I felt bad just giving him his money back. So <laughs> I gave him a 10% return per year. That's the money that I'm out rather than being like, here's your money back, which would have been totally fine. Um, I did not want to ruin that relationship with him. So I gave him a 10% return on his money for the, for the amount of years that we did that deal. And did he invest with us again? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. So uh, other than that, you know, we've had joint ventures that, you know, there's been disagreements joint venture agreement um, covered those um, disagreements and, and we, we, we part away. I think it was just one other one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I think we talked yeah, about. Yeah, we talked about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Our most creative deal ever. <laughs> right. Yeah. How it many was. methods of investing can you tie into one deal? Mm, that was Let us challenge. show you. <laughs> um, now, Courtney mentioned this earlier. I'm not sure how earlier. Uh, it was probably when you were talking there, Gabby, about... Um, you know, what the real estate expert brings to the table is more than, oh, yeah. it's more than just property management. She said, you still have to be the manager. You still have to manage, manage the, manager. the manager. Yeah. Yes. Uh, managing the manager is like, it's, it's a difficult thing. Me personally, us personally, <clears throat> uh, we don't use a property manager. Um, we have an assistant that we, uh, that handles incoming emails and stuff like that on a day to day. And then we still oversee it. That way we have a better um, control on our, prof- our portfolio. That's why we stopped buying rental properties. Um, we have enough. You know, we still do rent to owns, but uh, they're a little bit easier to manage than um, rental properties. And um, yeah, it's not that I don't trust property management. I have nothing against them. It's just um, I I I prefer to be in control of um, how things are played out. I want to be right in there. If someone is not doing what they're supposed to do, I want to be the one making the decision on how it's worded in the email. I want to be the one to make the decision of how I am, what outcome I want. Do I want them to stay or do I want them to go? And that can depend on that will, that will change the way that the email is written, right? So not manipulative, but you can you can phrase uh, things in a certain way to motivate them to go in which direction you want them, right? Yeah. So if I want them to stay, I'm going to make sure that I make sure that they stay. If I want them, if I'd prefer that they leave, then I'm going to word it in a way that that they just decide to leave instead. 
So I want to be in control of that where I don't think that a property manager is going to look at it that way. I feel like that they're going to be copy pasting emails. Yeah. Right. Default, you know, stock answers. <clears throat> so that's, uh, that's why we still, um, we manage our own properties and our, and our partners like that. Yeah. Our partners, you know, I explained that to them. We don't, uh, deduct any money for property management fees. <coughs> we could, but you know, that was one of the big things early on that partners were like, you know, you're already getting 50% of the deal and now you want an additional 10 or 15% of the rent for what I believe is what you're bringing to the table, right? So that was a big selling feature for us. I'm going to look through the last of the questions here and then we'll be uh, we'll be wrapping things up today. Um, if you guys have more additional questions that we're not able to get to, please do ask them in the comments there. I will save them. I got a little bank of, uh, of uh, <laughs> questions that were never answered. Um, <coughs> lost souls and, uh, we'll, we'll bring them back later in the week when we've, uh, when we got an opportunity to, to answer them. Uh, Mike asks, do you know roughly how much it costs for lawyers for a joint venture? Um, uh, for like to draw up a joint venture contract or to review a joint venture or so reviewing a joint venture, just reviewing one. You might have to do a little bit of talking here for the last couple minutes. <laughs> I don't. I don't know the answer. <laughs> um, to review it is a is is whatever the hourly rate is for a lawyer, which can vary dramatically. It's three hundred to five hundred dollars an hour. Um. So if you just need one hour to review a document, then it's it's one hour of time. Uh, for writing up a joint venture agreement, I would strongly recommend going to a lawyer who already has templates. <coughs> So they're, they're not doing it from scratch. Yeah. So Barry McGuire, for example, is, is a real estate lawyer here in Edmonton. Um, he has six or seven or maybe more. Who knows? I, I have access to six or seven of those, you know, different templates. You know, you got your basic, you got your advanced, you got your super advanced um, uh, examples, templates. And then you just choose. He'll ask you a few questions about how complicated do you want? You know, what do you want covered in there? What's What kind of deal are you doing? And then he'll figure out which template is best for you. And then he'll ask you a couple questions. You know, do you want this clause? Do you want this clause? Do you want this clause? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then he just changes and adds a few things in. And it's pretty simple. And I think it's like 1500 or 2000 Don't quote me. It's been a while. I would I would, I would, would budget 2000 Yeah. I think we, yeah. Back the, when we had ours drawn up, yeah. I for the document and for the time spent. Yeah. There's probably a meeting. And there's probably a little bit of email, email back, and, back forth, and forth. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, a good lawyer will probably have a student or um, one of their assistants, you know, be doing most of the legwork. So they're not charging you the hourly rate for a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but budget in around there. Um, you know, don't just ask someone, hey, can I get your joint venture agreement? You only got to do it once. Right. We did it once. Yeah. Um, we got our template now, and whenever we go and get a new joint venture partner, we sit down with them. We do the joint venture worksheet, so we ask them a series of questions. Uh, we let them know what we do. We ensure that that's good with them. You know, we ask the questions: What if this person? What if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? This is what we do. If they're good with it, great. If they have some, um, if they're pushing back a little bit on some things, then we can adjust it. 
and then we can either remove something or modify it on our own because we know how, or we can just ask our lawyer to to do that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, okay. Next question. I need to learn how to leverage other investments, RRSPs, et cetera, towards real estate. Okay. Saving that question. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, which uh, we can get into RRSPs and uh, uh, yes. That's a fun one. That is a fun one. Um, sorry, I'm not answering it today. It, it's just we can go down a, a big rabbit hole and maybe a much longer conversation. So um, I'm going to make a note of it and I'm going to save your question in the next couple of days. We'll uh, we'll cover that one. Um, Mike's question. If you are giving 20% for financing, what are you called 20% of? Purchase amount. Don't understand the question. I don't quite understand. If you can just rephrase it. Um, um, uh, and that talks about how they're... Hang on, I want to read oh, SJ187s. I heard that wars are profitable. How is it profitable? I think that you're on the wrong stream. On the, wrong, <laughs> the wrong show. Um, yes, wars can be very profitable if you want to invest in wars. Uh, sorry, I couldn't let that one go. Uh, <laughs> this is a public show. Um, Annette's question, you can read it. Uh, not a question, but when we were talking about how 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 you can lose in real estate, she um, or or how not to lose in real estate, I should say, she said that her condo in Fort McMurray decreased by two hundred thousand dollars. We refinanced to lower monthly payments and are renting it out basically forever. LOL. <laughs> but yeah. we won't really lose money in the end when we finally sell. That's yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. And again, I didn't say what I did say was that oil towns. Yes, I was going to say that <laughs> and that's Fort the biggest <laughs> one. You would assume that that one would bounce back. And it is my belief that that one should bounce back. This We're not talking a small 1500 population oil town. I'm talking, that's a, that's a big town, um, with lots of opportunity. That's one of those ones that I would ride out, but, um, Fort Mac's been punched in the nads a few times over the last 10 years. Um, I would say Fort Mac is a very worst case scenario Yeah. between fires and floods and And just oil in general, oil in general (laughs) and pandemics. Fuck. Yeah. Um, but you did it right. Rather than yeah. just freaking out and selling, you and lowered losing. your payments. <laughs> you're riding it out, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, you you make if you decide to sell, you make a decision. And this contradicts my earlier comment, but uh, investments aren't guaranteed. That's why they're called investments, right? Um, businesses are not guaranteed to always win. And, um, this is a great example of, you know, a, the, the, you, you did your research, it was a good market and every possible wrong thing, uh, every possible thing went wrong aside from perhaps, um, a war <clears throat> and, uh, and you're still able to ride it out. Right. Yeah. And at this point, if you decide to sell, you can sell, or if you decide to carry on and just wait until, 
your mortgage balance is equal to what you can sell it for and you can leave with zero money, at least you can do that. In other investments, you can't. Yeah. Sometimes it's just you can't. So at least you have options and you're getting creative, which is which is what I love. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get you to keep reading the questions because I got to watch my throat. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and I just added in that um, we have still purchased here since. Haha. <laughs> Manifesting good things. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't rely on manifestation in a fragile market. <laughs> you know what? Uh, yeah. They, they bought higher and it went low, but then they bought, bought when low. it was low. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, Eileen. And that's a smart lady. Yeah. Go on. Uh, Eileen uh, peppered in a few questions here. Um, what is portfolio lender? What is lender fee? Lender closing fee? This has nothing to do with joint venture. <laughs> um, and at seven o'clock, save it. <laughs> um, okay, so those are questions for a mortgage broker. <clears throat> and you know what? To be honest, just call your mortgage broker and ask those questions. Um, uh, I, I'm not an expert on portfolio lenders. Um, you know, there are lenders who will, will lend and, and you can refinance for your whole portfolio. Um, I don't know what their fees are and, and everyone's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So it's, it's, that's, uh, it's a little too general, but I mean, for a portfolio lender, um, I would just ask, you know, your mortgage broker yeah. about, you know, options for that. Um, I have very general understanding that I just like, I could talk, but you know, your, your mortgage broker is going to be the best person to talk to about that for your own financial Mm-hmm. Um, situation, right? Everyone's going to be a little bit different. And each lender is going to have their own l- closing fees and lender fees, et cetera. So uh, I don't like speaking too general on that topic. Um, yes, Eileen, if, if you want to go deeper into that, um, just uh, just fine tune the questions a little bit more, just to make it easier for me rather than, cause I don't like speaking general. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, that's, that's joint ventures there. Um, we talked about a bunch of different structures. We could have gone significantly further, <clears throat> but, um, I think that's a good start. Yeah. Um, did you have anything else to add, Gabby? No. Okay. I'm good. Do you have an outro? Uh, so long friends. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you so much for everyone who joined in today. Uh, if you guys have any additional questions about joint venture structures, um, you can email us at info at reimorningshow.com um, and we will save them for another day. And again, if you guys have other questions outside of you know joint venture structures, things you want answered, you can join in live every day at 6 a.m. Uh, Monday to Friday. Uh, you can also email us or send us a message, a DM, and just questions that you want to have answered and we'll talk about them on the show. Helps us out. So we know that everybody, what everyone wants to talk about and what you're working on. And uh, yes, we will see you guys tomorrow morning. Have a fantastic Monday. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.